always think about the person who discovered cheese. Did he like forget about his milk? And then when it curdled, he thought, hmm, maybe I should taste this. And then he discovered cheese. I just think about that sometimes. Oh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Analyzing Abstracts, a show where me and my friends dissertate. I'm Luke here, your host. Uh, today, I, I have a guest in this rainy, rainy day. Uh, she once cried while writing a short song about a donut with sprinkles. She said it was back in high school. Uh, here is Patricia Portugal. <laughs> Hi, Luke. <laughs> Hi, everyone. You don't mind me saying Patricia, right? Not just Pat. No, I mean, you can call me what you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> how's it going, Pat? Okay. <laughs> how are you? How's how's life here? Well, I'm fine. Well, <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, I actually like the rainy weather. I was hoping it would rain today because, like, when I woke up, it was just, I mean, it's so hot, no? It was so bright and hot. I mean, everyone else would find it a nice sunny day, but then I don't know. I just, no, like it's it so humid. Eh? <laughs> yeah. It's not like windy, breezy, sunny day. Yeah, it's not. It's just like I'm a burn your skin sunny day. Yeah, that kind of sunny day. <laughs> Well, speaking of sunny days, I don't know how this transitions to the topic at hand. But what our topic today is what makes a good film adaptation of a stage musical. So <laughs> we're going to talk about, we're mo- focusing only on like film adaptations because stage musicals can be ad- adapted to any, many other things. And we're fo- focusing only on musicals, not plays. And then... We're not focusing only on the good ones. We can talk about the bad ones as well. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we may have different opinions. What's good for me might not be good for you. You yeah. never know. <laughs> but here, it's all about our opinion. So uh, let's start with, how about I say one of my, one that I would consider a really, really good film adaptation. And then we go to you, Pat. Okay. So go for on. me. Uh, a really, really good film adaptation of a stage musical is Chicago. I knew it. For, yeah, it's obvious. But to <laughs> me, kasi, other than the fact that it's one of my favorites, talaga, it's more about how they... Because uh, I think what made me like it even more was seeing the, the musical itself live. Because when it came here in the Philippines, I was like, yes! Here's my chance. Because I really liked the film. And then seeing how the play worked, I was like, wow. The mind of the whoever created the film. I forgot his name. <laughs> I think it, the, his mind thinking. So seeing this musical that had no backdrops, no, almost no props. It's just people on the stage. And then even the orchestra is on the stage. So... Mm. Yeah, so like everything's like uh, minimalist, you know. And then he created this visually creative movie that I think really highlighted what the musical was about. Because the musical is very self aware, like it knows it's a musical, paranganon. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times, a lot of times uh, when they sing to the audience, they sing to the actual audience, even. 
but in the story they're also singing to like an audience in a show parang ganun mm-hmm. yeah, Tapos, yeah. but the audience changes because in one part the audience is an actual audience in one part the audience is like a courtroom audience parang ganun how he translated that into film was have you watched the film yeah i have but um a long time ago so i don't remember it maybe as well as you but i i do remember <laughs> the scenes like uh especially in i think the one i remember the most is uh, mr cellophane that performance oh that's so sad <laughs> yeah it was so sad. maybe that's why it stuck with me and oh, maybe cuz like ones. i don't know i was like what what's cellophane <laughs> oh um, okay Anyway, that was interesting. But I do remember them like singing in front of an audience. I didn't know that uh, the set was so minimal for the actual it's very, production. Very, very, very minimal. And um, that I heard that I really loved this when the director said it. So he thought, since the musical was very minimal, what if he makes like the film adaptation like two sides? One of the f- one side is the what's really happening. And the other side is what's happening in Roxy's head. So every musical part of the movie, every song, every time they sing, it's all in Roxy's head. Like, except for the finale, of course, because they actually sing. But every, if you look back at the movie, every time there's a song, it's always in Roxy's head. It's never in the real world. That's, that's, a, that's a good way of like interpreting it. Uh. Like, well, it's to not translate it. Oh, yeah, to, to translate it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's very minimal. And the way the musical goes, cause it's very, like, dry. Like, and again, as I said, it's very self-aware that it's a musical. Like, there's a twist in the musical, cause the, the reporter lady, I forgot her name. But the reporter lady, the main reporter lady, at one point of the musical, people will go like, you know how people pretend to be one thing, but they're really not. And you're thinking well, maybe that they're talking about Roxy because that's what she's doing the whole film, diba? Uh, the whole play, diba? And then, yeah. then the guy goes to the reporter lady and takes off her clothes, and it's apparently a man underneath <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So a man was pl- portraying the reporter lady the whole musical, parang ganon. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, the whole musical, it's obviously a man, <laughs> like. It's obviously a man singing falsetto, parang gana. <laughs> so the jokes there, eh? like you know, like but they didn't do that in a movie because it would look too, it would look too silly, diba? It doesn't make sense in the movie format. Yeah, yeah. There are just a lot of. Um, I watched this video before that kind of you know talked about. Uh, actually, it was mostly about cats. <laughs> because yeah okay anyway so <laughs> it is about cats and that was the same or not the same but that was the issue for the musical um the producers uh mm-hmm. you know it right so it won a lot of like tonys and awards but then a lot of the gags that were on stage they did it in the film but it didn't translate Oof, well I know. yeah yeah, I mean, I, if, I think if the audience, you know, just YouTube some of the clips, then <laughs> I think it'll be obvious. Yeah. Or, don't, or just don't watch it. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> what a waste of Uma Thurman. We'll, we'll talk about cats later. But, okay. <laughs> um, but 
that's the thing about what I really like about Chicago because um in essence both the musical and the film they highlight like the satir they sat satirize the thought of celebrity culture because this lady just murdered someone and people are going after her because she, because she's telling the story about being a a uh, runaway convent girl who was an orphan, diba? They're making fun of that aspect, the celebrity culture. And mm-hmm. the fact that, in the end, she did get acquitted. And then after that, nobody cares about her anymore. She has to yeah. make another... Do something else to be famous again. And parang ganun, like, and the, But then in the end, she, she and Velma are typecasted as like murdering women. Who actually murdered people, but people are still <laughs> want to watch them. They're they're making fun of that. And I think that's important then in translating na you make sure ju- to just get the essence. Don't get everything, don't translate everything like word for word, T to T, but just mm-hmm. get the essence of what the musical is is trying to say, trying to give a message about. And then that's what you try to make into the film creatively so that's Mm -hmm. why i like the idea that every musical number is in roxy's head it makes sense because she wants to be famous so everything that she sees is like oh she's a vaudeville actress doing numbers you know so it it still makes sense it doesn't it like it made the it made musical numbers into like a plot point instead of like something that just happens Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I would argue that that's I'm not. Uh, it's not that Les Misérables <laughs> was a bad adaptation. <laughs> okay. But the thing is, it didn't make sense why they were singing. They were just singing, mm-hmm. and the whole movie they were singing. In the musical which I watched, the whole musical is singing. There's like zero, almost zero dialogue. So when yeah. they have dialogue in the film, it makes. It feels weird because it's not supposed to be. There's not supposed to be normal dialogue mm-hmm. in this story. It's supposed to be all fantastically singing. Ganon. Yeah. Um. There's this part in Phantom of the Opera. So actually, the movie of Phantom. That is the first one I saw. Well, I guess just to put it out there, you know, musicals aren't so accessible to us as you know as the movies are. So yeah. actually my yeah my love for musicals kind of start or like you know Phantom had a lot to do with it cuz it was one of the first ones that I had seen but there's a scene um somewhere in the number of masquerade where see Cine Raul Raul and Christine Raul, they're, Raul, Raul. yeah they're talking somewhere on the side and in the original or like in the stage play musical um, yeah. yeah in the musical this, he sings a sign. Uh, uh, he sings a line in the song, which goes like, uh, "It's an engagement, not a crime." So you know, it's part of the number. He sings it, but then in the movie, when they film it, suddenly he's singing, and then he goes to like a speaking voice, and he says like, "It's an engagement, not a crime." And you know, to me, that just caught me off guard because I was just like, um, "If there's, I think the point here would be." You know, to use the music. If you're doing a musical, like I'd say, use the music to your advantage, or like figure out um, how it fits how, in the story. How to fit it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like what you said. 
Like for because uh, in Chicago, there's all there's also almost no dialogue in the play other than narration. Eh? Yeah, so but they still have a movie. Pero the movie worked even with the normal dialogue. Yeah, so you kind of have to figure out like the logic of the music, right? Fitting it in the film. So is it the kind of film or is it the kind of adaptation where you know everyone's just singing, or is it the kind where they sing like you kind of have to build like a like a set or like have to set it up for them to sing like in Chicago where you know there's an audience and there's a stage for that it's not just something like they burst out singing yeah yeah it, it you have to make the suspension of disbelief more understandable and not just just because they're singing they're singing parang ganun yeah well there i i would say that's it's val- it's valid naman but i think it has to make sense within that universe of that adaptation yeah 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 cuz um right speaking of suspense of disbelief suspension of disbelief um for example in animated films like there's no setup there's no stage and uh the characters you know they burst into song but it's not as weird which is because uh, when you're watching animated films, you know, their drawings moving, but yeah. you know, you're supposed to pretend that they're real, even if they're not, because yeah. they require more suspension of disbelief. So that's why when they burst out singing, it's like, it's, it's fine, it fits. Which I think they kind of tackle in Enchanted. <laughs> I, that's a yeah, good they movie. make fun of it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So if you want to know about that, then... Enchanted is a good uh, example and a good uh, demonstration of like how weird it can be. So, how about you, Pat? What's like if you have to pick one? What's the prime example of what you would consider a good film adaptation of a stage musical? I really don't know because the ones <laughs> I've seen, well, the ones I've seen are uh, there's like Phantom, there's Cats, there's. West Side, Lame is. Um, but the thing is, huh? Why did you watch not the good ones? I don't know. Those are the ones I'll, that were available. I'll, I'll be honest. The Phantom is not a good adaptation, it's... and I think people know it because I think the problem with the way Phantom, the film, dealt with the grandeur, it made it too intimate. I mean. Film is supposed to be intimate, but it made it too intimate. It didn't feel grand anymore. And I think even the way Joel Schumacher chose how to shoot it, it didn't feel big. It didn't mm-hmm. feel larger than life. I think that's uh, that's something that keeps coming up with his um, musical adaptations. Like Joel Schumacher? Did, yeah. Was he the one who what, did Lady What else did he do? No. Wasn't that that's Tom Hooper. Oh, sorry. Never mind. That's the guy who that's made That's a different cats. subject. <laughs> that's the guy who made King's Speech. Right. Yeah, no. But then I did um Joe Joe Schumacher made Batman and Robin. Right, right, right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at other I comments. Think, I think his influence in in film here is the way the sets were amazing and the costumes were amazing. He got that and the the way it looked, it looked nice. It looked like it was really set in that time, which I think he's really good at. Because if you look at Batman and Robin, his aesthetic is really there. So I think that's mm-hmm, it. But yeah. in terms of like interpreting the musical itself, I mean, Gerard Butler is a choice as well. But 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It was Let's so see. weird seeing him there. I was like, is this? Should I be watching this? That's one of that's one of the things I wanted to bring up. Actually, um, casting choices are a big part in what could make or break an adaptation. Uh, so my so there's Gerard Butler who didn't have any kind of like voice coat or he was in a band I think, I think <laughs> before I that. But He's then Australian. like, <laughs> but then he didn't have any I think formal like coaching before that um see christine the emmy rossum she had oh, emmy and, rossum's great yeah she was all right i mean there are debates on whether or not her the way she was uh directed or played really fit the role of christine but you know her voice was okay it wasn't i, I think she was chosen because she looked like christine well, uh, yeah, I mean, that could possibly be one. I and mean, there's a lot of debate on, you know, um, if she was a good Christine or not. But she, uh, she definitely had uh, more background in terms of singing versus uh, who they casted as Phantom. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of debate, though, on, you know, whether her voice was fit because uh, she was really young. And um, I've seen the state uh, the live performance of it so i've seen it when it came here to the philippines mm-hmm. and also the 25th anniversary which was mm-hmm. they had it streaming for free some time ago um yeah. and yeah she i think the characterization of christine or at least her voice at the very least is really different from uh, what is portrayed in the film like she has a more powerful voice cuz you know she's an opera singer um, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> you have to have a strong voice for that. But anyway, so that's um, about the casting. Like, I think it's really important. Like, at the very least, you have actors <laughs> who can sing. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm thinking now. Like, are there like movies where where it's a uh, someone's known to not to sing, but they do well? But I'm not sure now. Huh. Not I mean, would you count, even though it's not uh, an adaptation of a stage musical, would you count La La Land with Emma Stone? Because she's not known right. to be a singer. Yeah, actually, oh, I was... Uh, but, then, but then I'm thinking maybe she did do singing. I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> someone mentioned... um, What's that? Cabaret? Was she in that? Uh... Cabaret. Oh, she was in Cabaret. So she did know how to sing. Now, I... I think you're right. Now, if you pick someone who doesn't know how to sing, I I'm, actually I I'm haven't watched it, but I just I just uh, read it somewhere. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember Anna. <laughs> she portrayed Cabaret. Uh, she portrayed the lead in Cabaret in Broadway, uh-huh. Broadway yeah. or West End. I don't know which one. So she did oh, how... do some singing before La La Land. <laughs> That's kind of weird, then, because in La La Land, okay, so if. If not Emma Stone, maybe Ryan Gosling. <laughs> oh, but he's um, known to sing, though. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought their performances in La La Land were just okay. Like, Emma Stone actually, well, like, strictly speaking, she didn't hit some notes, or uh, there were times where I felt the projection, her projection was a bit off, but then I was thinking maybe it's... That's part um, of it. Yeah, it's part of her character. And then yeah. Ryan Gosling... Because at the start, but she's not sure if she's a good person, good actor, I mean, not person. And then yeah, she's she like grows the confidence throughout the I know, the movie. And 
when she reaches audition, that's her like moment of realizing what kind of person she should be. Ganun. Yeah, that's like her shining moment, right? But then, well, for me, I guess strictly speaking, it wasn't um, super clear, like all the notes that were hit. But for me, like I gave it the benefit of the doubt that maybe it's part of her character, which is fine. You know, I think it's effective. Naman. But then um, Ryan Gosling, well, maybe he sings, but then I don't know. I felt like it wasn't so effective or there wasn't a lot of, um, I don't know, when he sang, what is that? Uh, you have that duet, that duet. Oh, well, oh my gosh, City of Stars. Um, uh, uh, lonely was, Night. <laughs> yeah, what a lonely night. And when they were dancing, I was like, oh, this is, it's okay lang. <laughs> I, I mean, really didn't like it. Yeah, because um, I saw, see, Ryan Gosling, so what they were doing was tap dancing, right? So Ryan Gosling, I noticed that his back isn't very straight. Which is, you know, yeah, it's okay. Maybe it's his the, style or something. Yeah, it's the it's part of the character. Well, that's right. my defense. Yeah. Well, yeah. So there's that. So that could be it. But then for me, I'm thinking, you know, if there's a dance, and you want to use it effectively, and I could see that their moves are very, how do you say, not really geometrical. But then there's that one. I think if you think of La La Land, like you can see it when they're arms are kind of outstretched and then their knees are bent. I think if you search for maybe like posters or something, it's the their pose when they were dancing. And then I okay. just thought it was very intricate. Like, not really intricate. It's like a it's precise. a strong pose there. Yeah. It's okay. kind of a precise, strong pose, angular. But then when your back is like <laughs> just slouched or something, it kind of um takes away from the impact of maybe of what could have been like sharp movements or something like that. Interesting that what... you that you see it like it should have been a sharper film, even though the idea of La La Land is about like like Panuba. Well, I think that's another whole thing, really. Cause the debate on whether La La Land is a good musical or a good film, ganon. Pero like Ako, I saw it more as kaya messy, kaya hindi clean. Kasi that's how it was shot before. Yung mga 1950s, 1940s, yung mga one take, ganon. You see all the mistakes, you see all the you see all the roughness, you see the out of step, mga ganon. And that's what, what he was going for, yung old Hollywood feel. Which I think he really captured, though. Yeah, I think so, too. The old Hollywood feel thing. Although, but then, I remember um, watching a bunch of, like, Fred Astaire videos before. And, well, it's... The level is different. Well, of course, you know, Fred Astaire being Fred Astaire. Yeah, but then, Astaire. I guess... <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I guess for me, um, I don't know. The dancing was not so great for me. Personally, I think that... La La Land is a... I like it. I really like it as a film. Although as a musical, it's okay. Um, it's really not the worst musical film at all. I, I really... Like, the songs are good. And the performances are not terrible. They're okay. I mean, it almost won Best Picture. Although that's not such a... Like, the standard is... Yeah. <laughs> 
It's not like the standard it's a good musical yeah. or not. Yeah. Even but if it anyways, wins, that's a, that doesn't mean it's a good musical. Yeah, right? yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of like all the lamest videos and analysis videos that I've watched. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so should we go to just say it then? Go Wait, to Russell Crowe? I'll just say um, about <laughs> La La Land nah, I think they could have, if they're going to use the music and dancing, I think they could have, um, you know, really utilized it and made it strong if, that, if they really wanted it to be a major or a, an essential part of the film. Like the performance. Interesting. So you think it didn't become like an essential part of the film? No, I think it is. It's just the execution. Oh, okay. Maybe it could have used a little bit more work. But we can go on to Russell Crowe. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think acting-wise, Russell Crowe's Javert was oh, was good. <laughs> more than more than okay, more than me. It was good. Mm-hmm. Singing was not good. But I don't know. Like, like the film itself now was really weird. Na. <laughs> <laughs> Tapos, I don't know talaga. Like, he, ha- he-, he has this weird, like, hitting the high notes, diba? <laughs> oh! Yeah, yeah. He's in a generally <laughs> high register. <laughs> it's like the disbelief was already suspended. The s- his singing made it suspend you're even making, more. Oh my God, that's so mean. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Russell Crowe, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Russell Crowe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're I'm really sorry. good. <laughs> but I like I don't know I don't know I didn't do research I don't know if he was known to have sung before or do any kind of musical but it was just so weird watching it that was they did it live so they didn't um, do much vocal um, like audio mixing or stuff like auto tune or stuff because they had yeah. to record it in the yeah. scene itself Mm-hmm. Which was also which will which we'll also discuss later because that's a weird choice. But you know, like <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe if you're casting, make sure they do have a background in singing. Because uh, about the casting of actual like people who know how to sing, my thing is someone who doesn't know how to sing will probably not audition in the first place. How did Russell Crowe end up there then? I don't know. <laughs> you should ask Tom Hooper. <laughs> He's like your best friend now. <laughs> but that just goes to show like whether or not Russell Crowe had a background. He was cast. Like even if let's say he had the background, but like his actual performance or his actual singing is not that great. Like they cast him anyway. So and then, you know, it gets me thinking about um when I was watching like when we were kids and uh we were watching animated movies and people are singing and dancing and i realized that sometimes they cast you know they cast big names singing voice yeah they're singing voice and then they, they do it all- until now like in moana moana's dad the speaking voice is different from the singing voice and for me like when let's well this i guess this is specific to like the younger audience maybe I didn't care who was voicing the character, but I think I would notice if they weren't singing properly. Yeah, but then that goes back to, (laughs) I found the right uh, segue. 
Look at High School Musical, what they did oh with gosh. the first movie. Na it's not really Zac Efron singing the whole time. Yeah. Oh But my you gosh. didn't that notice it. Such a light. <laughs> but everyone. But there, the the your point is there. Yeah. Yeah. Your point exactly. is proven. Na we didn't know it was a different voice mm-hmm. until the until the concerts came. <laughs> oh my and gosh! People oh. are like, why is Zac Efron not in the cast? Oh, apparently he wasn't yeah. the one singing. I remember seeing maybe the CD of the concert, and I'm just like, "Who's this guy on the cover? I don't know him." <laughs> then, boom. well, eventually, Zach learned how to sing. Oh yeah, he did well in the sequel. Yeah. Well, going back um, <laughs> to adaptations, well, you didn't answer the question that I asked before. If you have a prime example, um. But- do, okay. do you want us to go back to it na lang later when when you feel like you've got enough information to think about your for you what's the best? I have a feeling that I might not have seen gosh I'm, if sound I'm, I'll just say if Sound of Music was an adaptation I'll just say Sound of Music there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's an adaptation of Roger and Hammerstein's musical. I I just haven't seen the live of it. So well, I don't actually how know. How would you? It came here once, actually, but then I missed it. But, but then, like, one time. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a great adaptation because I think the thing talaga about adapting it is you need to translate these stories told in just one one point of view and change it into a multi-perspective thing without losing the essence of the film, uh, the mm-hmm. musical. Which I think mm-hmm. Sound of Music got because from Hills Are Alive, right? That mm-hmm. moment. And um, I watched before a Sound of Music uh, production here. It's a local production. Naman. Tapos, okay. I don't know how different it is from like how they did like the original Broadway. Because it's a local production. So they might have changed some things. But Oh yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, and then... But, you know, like I think the film did so well in translating the fantasticalness of it like that like i think that's the point of musicals anyway it's like it's like putting something fantastical into something that could be taken seriously like look at lemis it's putting songs into a very 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 heavy like story a, yeah serious heavy like have you read lemis i've read lemis and <laughs> Cosette's part is so sad. Like the way it just happens in the play and in the film, na Castle in the Sky. But in the book, it describes everything that the Thernadiers did to her, how they abused her, and it's so sad. And then the, oh, I remember this part in the book. Um, John Valjean just got Cosette out of the Thernadiers. Okay. Um, in the movie and in the play, they show it like, he paid them. Am yeah. I right? He yeah, paid yeah. them to get I know Cosette. Cosette. But in the book, I don't don't quote me, but I think in the book, what I remember is he stole it, he stole Cosette from them. And that's why in the rest of the book they tried to get Cosette back because Jean Valjean stole Cosette from them. Parang ganon. Mm-hmm. Was, the... There's one there's one part where they go over a wall and then Jean Valjean goes down and looks uh, straight onto Cosette and tells her that she's safe now, ganon. And then Cosette was like, 
I don't remember the exact words, but she was like, am I really safe? I was like, poor Cosette. That's so sad. Yeah, it's so it's sad reading. Miserable. Miserable. Like she, <laughs> like she didn't know, because she grew she up in the Ternadiers. Like. She didn't know what safe would be like. And then, the, the the book goes on to describe like Jean Valjean taking her to a bed, and she's like she doesn't know what to do to the bed because she didn't have a bed. Oh, and then, like, <laughs> poor cassette. Anyway, <laughs> in the in the musical and the film, they port they interpret or portray it as um Jean Valjean. He pays for Cosette, but I think he underpays for her, and then the but in the. They interpret because the Thernadiers as a more comical villain. Yeah, that's in true. the book. They're more evil. Eh? They're not mm-hmm. comical at all. Mm-hmm. I can imagine the stuff they do, man, and you know, you describing the abuse of Cosette. And I think just in general, like Lame is the book is not as comical as we've seen it on film or stage. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, I think there's some high points naman talaga from the movie. Mm-hmm. Like now, remember when I said na there may there are parts that there are dialogue. Now I'm not sure anymore because I don't remember now if there's normal dialogue. Because all I remember now is everyone singing. <laughs> I think there there's very little in if there was there right. I'm not like making it up. I think just a little bit. A like little I'm bit. not sure uh, anyway. if those are parts that are sung. In the actual musical that they just decided See, to, I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> <nga> eh. <laughs> like they just decided to speak them. <laughs> but then, um, the best parts of the movie is when it becomes dynamic, because uh, I remember the scene where John Valjean just uh, saw Fantine die, and then Javert comes and he's like, "I'm now, I'm now here to capture you, two four six zero one," and they're like singing while fighting. Oh yeah, I now, that was an exciting part because it was yeah, dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I think the problem was because, like in the play, all the solo bits are sung solo in the middle of the stage with just them, mm. and in the film, they sing it in the film with just them. Mm-hmm. When they could have interpreted it with a different. Um, point of view for example uh, Eponine on my own in the movie she just sings in the rain in on the in the street mm-hmm. great Samantha back Samantha Banks is that her name yeah. the actress <laughs> <laughs> uh, the actress did well because well she was the Eponine in the in the play naman in West End so like she oh, did barks. well but I <laughs> uh, ba- barks, barks not Banks well never mind it says Banks on IMDb. Oh, wait, no. That's a different girl. <laughs> Barks. Okay. So it's Barks? Wait. Yes. Nope. You know what? Never mind. Oh. God. Never mind. Samantha. It's well, Samantha. Reliable. <laughs> basically, basically, my point is, do you remember that scene that it, it was just her in the street in the on rain? It's like, okay. It makes sense. But now imagine it if... They were like, she was singing it while she saw uh, Cosette and Marius talking. Uh-huh. Like she was singing it, seeing them. Ganon. Uh-huh. She, you need, I think, like the, to make the it lyrics into, of the song yeah, juxtaposed. The lyrics it. to make ju- more, yeah, <laughs> juxtaposed <laughs> it. <laughs> diba? Yeah. Or like in I Dream the Dream, there's a part where Fantine sings about 
the guy who left yeah. who who got her pregnant with Cosette, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then how she how he left. How he left when autumn came. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you don't get that just from her singing alone. Mm. In the play, it would make sense because you're focused on the singing. But in the musica in the film, I don't feel like it would capture just by her singing alone. Mm. I yeah, that's true. Like uh film has you know, film and theater, they're so different because they can achieve like totally different things. That's one of the things with film. Like you have the possibility of um separating the audio and the visuals, right? Diba? Like someone else is narrating. A film, yeah, yeah, a film would have a different visual medium versus a theater play. Mm-hmm. So again, they could have utilized it to make it more visually visually creative. Appealing. Not really creative, creative, not appealing. Because uh-huh. I think the reason then why not a lot of people went to see it, because they thought it would be boring and it was. But <laughs> If you look at like other adaptations, that would have been boring, and they made it more engaging. Parang ganon. Hmm. Like I would say, Into the Woods. Uh, they made it more in- dynamic, the more engaging. Like there are some scenes in the play that the person is singing alone. Ah, good example is the. Have you watched Into the Woods? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the film. So you you know the part where the two princes are singing about agony, mm, yeah. and then in the in the musical, they were just standing in the middle of the stage. Oh, well, yeah, but there's the, no waterfall. In the film, <laughs> there's a waterfall. They were playing around <laughs> with the vines. So, see, diba? I don't mean like it doesn't have to be a literal translation of the lyrics. Just make it more dynamic, more vibrant than just people standing there and singing. Yeah, there's a if lot. I wanted to watch, if I wanted to watch people singing Les Miserables, I could have just gone to covers in YouTube. Speaking of, there's a really good um, what's that? Yung 10th anniversary concert of us up in you on YouTube, <laughs> which I yeah. Oh, see? And oh, <laughs> they could have just got that, place it into the film. Same. Thing. I guess so. Yeah. You know, it's like what you said about um, they could have done more, mm-hmm. and you know, and you know they could have because you know what he did with cats. My gosh, that's so some. That's like on a different level, man. <laughs> now that's the opposite. Uh, no, okay, let's okay. go to cats. Let's yes. just. I think the problem is cats itself is not something that could be adapted into film. It's so <laughs> different. There's just so many like layers to it. Um, to the original, <laughs> I you know even. Yeah, even as something on Broadway, it was so different from what was from the typical, right? Yeah, because it's very dreamlike eh, in the mm-hmm. play. You feel like you're just in a lucid dream. You're like you're gonna think, what, what am I watching? But why am I enjoying there, it? There is the question of was that um not if we can, but if we should. <laughs> That's the thing. As I said, like, I think Cats, there are tons, I, I pro- there's probably a lot of musicals that could probably be uh, same as Cats that can't be translated into plays. Into films. Uh, films. Yeah. yeah. I think Cats is one of them. Like, 
that's a that's the one play that you shouldn't touch because it's weird already <laughs> if you put it into film and just and the way they did it by it's like uh one is to one copying with just a little weirdness to make it more uh cgi whatever but even i think even if they didn't use cgi it would have still been let's, weird. let's talk about how weird cats is like <laughs> the original material so a lot of people um i think their main problem with it is that they think it doesn't have a plot what do you technically think? well technically it doesn't but it's based on a series of poems which Andrew Lloyd Webber tried to make a plot, but then if you're gonna say that the plot is uh, the Jellicle Ball and how um, uh, what was his name Deuteronomy was taken by McCavity and then later Mister Mistopheles brought him okay. back. So for trans for transparency, I'm a fan of Cats the musical. <laughs> I actually really like it, <laughs> so I'm gonna say. <laughs> no, no, that's not a problem. I mean, just for transparency. I, I Honestly, I that's not, not. I know. I, I love cat. I, I don't. I'm not shamed. <laughs> so all you haters out there. Anyway, so uh, I was going to say. Actually, there is a plot. It's just someone like, bullying you. <laughs> the internet. No, they haven't. They haven't <laughs> because I'm not out. <laughs> um, as a cat fan. Now they will. Uh. But 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 um, I'll say that it does have a plot. It's just really, really minimal. The plot is it's kind of there's another musical that's similar to it called uh, a chorus line, which I think it's now it's too old for people to care about. That has less. Thought. <laughs> yeah, basically in a chorus line, people are just kind of auditioning. And, and look at that! Look at the film adaptation. It was bad because oh, I- they just copied the musical one is to one. So people were like not understanding what was happening because if they if you copy the thin plotted musical one is to one into a film it would come even thinner because <laughs> people pay more attention. So, yeah, same thing with cats. Parang there's yeah, it's really like with a plot like that. Like, and I think I'm not so sure, but I think if I remember reading something correctly, um. Andrew Lloyd Webber was actually, uh, if I remember correctly, he wasn't really allowed to kind of put that much of a plot when he was um, putting the poems together for the musical. Like, that might have been a factor as to why it's like that. <laughs> um, but anyway. Again, so- I don't mind the musical talaga. It's just that they tried to put a plot now in the film because... They had to translate it. it. My point is, don't try to force something into something that shouldn't you shouldn't have touched in the first yeah, place. Yep. And the way that they do it is really not elegant. I think someone very someone on Twitter said it well. Um, they kind of assume you're stupid, like <laughs> even more, even dumber than what they would have assumed you were if you were like in the theater. Like they assume the film, the audience, the film of the audience is like they have to explain everything at the end with what's her name, um, Judy Dench. Deuteronomy. Yeah. Deuteronomy Dench. Dench. Old Deuteronomy Dench. Right. Her looking at the audience. My gosh, that that last part really to me was just, oh, <laughs> and it was such a long scene. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so like, please don't look at me, Judy in Dench. That, in that scene. 
she has like the three other sort of main cats in the background. It, you know, at some point, because you know Judy Dench's dialogue there's monologue there's kind of boring. I'm just watching them, and they're just as weird, like reacting in the background to her. Anyway, so that's on the plot of cats and what they shouldn't have done. <laughs> and there, there's so much more. Um, what part do you want so to talk much about? More. Next? Costume. Okay. They could- they they could have done they could have just done normal costumes not cgi they could have done normal sets well they could have like elevated normal sets with cgi not purely cgi i mean the 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 casting was okay but you you kind of forget about the the okay casting when you're cringing the whole time there's just so much else distracting you from the casting until until yeah. you see uh idris elba like Take off his coat and like he's really just wearing nothing. He's in a, I don't know. It's just so weird. It's like naked Idris Elba, but he has fur. And, <laughs> and in in the play, like Macavity isn't seen like. Oh that. yeah, and they they really changed a lot with the um the characterization, which actually I don't mind. It's just like the way that they changed executed it. Executed really poorly. Good. Oh gosh. I feel so... You know who my favorite is? My favorite is Mr. Mistopheles. And he's the one that I think they just... They robbed the most from. Because he has this... Uh, so Cats, in general, is a very dance-heavy dance, um, dance heavy musical compared to the other ones, typically. Which they lost a lot of when translating it to film. And uh, Mr. Mistopheles, they call him... He's like magical. Uh, his, his special move, which is called the conjuring turn, which his conjuring turn is he does, I forgot how many pirouettes. A pirouette. Yeah, it's his signature move. And they actually use the lyrics conjuring turn in the film, but he never does, he has, okay, like 24. He does it 24 times on stage, like the typical. And Gosh, oh, they made him into such like such a dork. He doesn't sing and dance. He's not cool anymore. <laughs> oh, so you're okay. saying he was cool? Well, I thought he was cool. I don't know how old he's. No Rumtum Tugger. <laughs> Rumtum Tugger is. I couldn't understand anything Jason Derulo was saying, but then maybe that's just me and his accent. Because it's Jason oh. Derulo. Yeah, Rumtum Tugger. I don't know. It was okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's about cats. We could stop there. <laughs> um, what other points? I think we've said a lot of points now. Uh, do you have other points that you think is important when translating a film, uh, a musical into a film? What have we discussed? Well, we've discussed uh, casting and... Um, the you know focusing the essence, on capturing the, the essence, focus. right? Well, this one is actually not so much about translating a musical into a film, but maybe just uh, musical films in general. Actually, not in general. I'm thinking of Greatest Showman. <laughs> um, there is something about that. Their music. Okay, so let's talk about the songs in Greatest Showman, if that's okay. No, Gula. Um, uh, I think it's important that the music and lyrics are still, like, when they translate it or when they do a film of whatever, are still connected to the story. Because, like, in Greatest Showman, I think their marketing, it's their marketing tactic 
um, they made the songs really catchy and good standalone. And you know how people do it nowadays, na they release the soundtrack before the actual yeah. launch of or the actual screening of the film. And then when I watched yeah. Greatest Showman, like the music was all over the lyrics, especially were all over the place. Um, I remember yeah. for Rewrite the Stars when they started singing it, I was just like, where, trapeze, are where they? is this metaphor coming from? Or this figure they, of speech? They're they writing had, the stars because in the, they're I, flipping I above the sky. I don't know. Stars on the ceiling of the circus. I don't know. <laughs> but then they never talk about it before singing about it. So it's just like it's they're just pulling it yeah, out of true. nowhere. Anyway, so I think um it's important. But that's true because look at look at how Mamma Mia the musical got songs that are already mm-hmm. written and doesn't have uh doesn't, right? doesn't have anything connection with each other but they fit it so well in the story yeah. that when they did the film it still worked because the songs are already in intertwined with the story like that's what i that's i think the greatest achievement of mama mia is like taking or already written songs and making a story out of these songs that somehow it worked and the hard but the thing that they did though was they sometimes changed the lyrics of the original mm-hmm. song so that it still make it still worked diba parang like example is like mama mia <laughs> itself the song itself okay. uh, donna i think donna her name is i forgot the mother she sings it because she just saw the her three exes in one room and she because she doesn't know who the father of her daughter is and it's and she like determined it could be one of the those three and then seeing them she was so worried of what will happen and all the stuff that will be brought back up so she sang mama mia it makes sense and then there's like voulez-vous which is so well integrated into the musical because this is the point where the three dads find out that they are a possible dad. So during a party, each one of them talks to the bride and says, oh, you brought me here because you think I'm your dad. Uh-huh. And so I'll walk you down the aisle tomorrow. But each of them says it. And then, so the bride is like, what do I do? And then they're singing, it's like the choice. I forgot the lyrics. I have to search uh-huh. it. lyrics. It's like, you know what to do. The question is, do you want, diba? So the song is telling her that she has to do something because she did this. She invited the three guys. So she's like being pressured. So that's what your point is, na. The songs still have to relate, still have to incorporate into the story and not just be like just good songs. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the narrative is so important. Like, if the marketing tactic of Greatest Showman was to um, get these people hooked, get the audience or the listeners hooked on the songs, for me, you know, because it is a musical, so they should, they should uh, really push they for it. They should have just released an album if they, if they didn't want to connect it yeah, to the story. Yeah, exactly. And since it's a musical, for me, it would have been so much more meaningful. Like, if I knew... 
or if I could remember that, oh, it was in this part of the narrative because it means like this, because it means like that to the character. You know, it it, it, it adds more meaning. It adds, it makes it meaningful. And all the more I would have, um, let's say, remember it or cherished the song if that's what they really wanted for people to like the songs. Or like to the opposite end of the spectrum of what uh-huh. you're saying, it could be like Rocky Horror, and the songs make no sense at all. But it's part of the story because the story makes no sense at yeah, all. There, yeah, and that could be the approach too. But it wasn't. It was like in the middle, they decided to kind of separate the songs from the narrative so that maybe, I don't know, people could sing it in whatever context. But it just kind of lost its meaning. If you want to make it a musical, yeah. I think... You really have to utilize the music to tell the story, or else why make it why make it a musical anyway, right? Yeah, that's like going back to my point of like in Les Misérables, nah, if they were just singing in the middle of the stage, then that's not, or not in the stage, uh, in the film, if they're just singing there, it doesn't do a yeah, lot. Yeah, then why why <laughs> why why film it anyway? <laughs> diba? Again, why I could have just watched YouTube covers. <laughs> or the tenth anniversary, That's or twenty fifth anniversary. Guys, watch the tenth anniversary. Or like, yeah, I think the what's being lost, cause when you translate it into film, is the live aspect. You're losing the spontaneity. You're losing the like fresh vocals in your ears. So if you can't deliver that, you have to find a way to deliver it through the eyes, not through the ears. Makes sense, right? Did I make sense? Cause if not. I'll retract. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll think about it. But now that you said, you know, you mentioned spontaneity. What about um the decision of in Lamez to you know film the film film the record the singing live? Again, why didn't I just watch YouTube covers? Because I mean, like in a film, it's supposed this the sound is supposed to be almost perfect, right? Like, sure, you can capture the emotion more if it's live, but I think it still goes back to the they're singing alone. Eh? If they were fighting like what Jean Valjean and Javert did, it's okay. The live sounds okay because they the way they're singing is affected by how they're moving. But now mm-hmm. when they're alone, they're just emoting. I could have just watched mm-hmm. the cover. Actually, I remember reading that some people think or what one of the issues also with the Lamez film their emotions, their emoting is so strong all the time. It's like they're at one hundred percent all the time which might be due mm-hmm. to the live recording because yeah they have to let's say they have to give it their all because you know it's a it, it's a live recording or it's a one take thing and then because of that maybe as you know as uh more film actors or not as experienced on like in theater or broadway Maybe they they get distracted or they can't focus as much. But it's so different when you're singing on stage in a theater versus when you're singing for film, right? Film. It's, it's just like the acting. Yeah. For example, um, yeah. when you're singing, when you're acting on stage, you know that's why people have uh, bigger movements. And then when on film, you know, you it can be a lot smaller or a lot. You can't. You don't. Yeah, have it to, can be yeah. subtler. But then. <laughs> so and that's what happened to Les Mis. They had to sing subtly. Yeah. Because they're just singing but, alone. And what happened was, it wasn't as it strong. It wasn't as strong because they were singing more subtly. I mean, like, it was the, the effect wasn't as strong because they had to sing well while emoting. Yeah, and I think that 
the live recording because of that, it might have actually been, you know, a handicap to the film. Yeah. Yes, very yeah. much. So that was... Especially to Russell Crowe. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Okay. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, the live recording anyway. um, as a handicap. Like, it's an interesting decision, but then overall, I think you need to think if it, if it translate the music, translates the music best as it can. I think it. I think it's more of like you're going to a play. You're expecting to it not be super perfect because you're watching someone sing live. Now, if you're watching a film that's already pre-recorded, you're expecting it to be already perfect mm. or almost perfect. Interesting. Because because you're just you're gonna watch the same thing over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Versus like if I watch the same musical over, over and over and over again, things might change depending on oh what happens that mm-hmm. night. But then could it also be interpreted as part of the character? For example, like in La La Land, where Emma Stone's singing is not perfect, but then... But then that's not based on an actual musical, though. That's not based on a stage play. Mm, yeah, I guess. But then, gosh, I have so much respect for... Um, theater and Broadway actors like when I watched Les Mis on Broadway it was yeah the singing was there wasn't it was it was so good <laughs> here's the thing I remember watching Les Mis the movie before watching mm-hmm. the play I liked the movie yes actually that was my same experience but after watching the play I was like the movie's not good anymore <laughs> you realize because you you now have you something to compare it to versus like La La Land where that's its yeah. own thing. Now you don't have anything to compare it to other than itself. Mm-hmm. So you can defend the choices. But in Les Mis, since it's an adaptation, there's something to compare it mm. to. Yep. Yep. But um diba? That's the hard <laughs> part. Eh? Yeah. Like imagine imagine if there weren't a cat's musical before they made Oh the my cats gosh. Film. You know what? If there wasn't, it would still be a terrible film. <laughs> a unique one. It but I think it would. <laughs> but it would have probably reached like a, a more mixed perception rather than the really, really negative uh, reception. Yeah, it got. that's right. People would be like, oh, this is a new thing. Like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Because there's something to pull it out yeah. from. So when you're adapting something, you still have to capture, like as I said before at the start, it's still about the essence of what you're capturing. Mm-hmm. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, I actually listed a lot more films, but I think we're at the point where we understand now what, <laughs> what we're talking about. <laughs> so going back, what do you think from what you've seen? What's the best one for me? From what I've you? seen live? Even... even no, no, no. From what you've from the oh, movies you've seen, okay. which do you think adapted the play well? Even if you don't, don't then that's why I said that Lamez is not bad. Because if you haven't watched the play, it's actually a good film. But if you watch the play, you wouldn't so like it. Are you asking me to choose a movie based on a musical, a musical that I've seen, or even if I haven't seen the actual musical? Why not? Let's okay. do both. Let's do one that you've seen and one that okay. you haven't. And you think it's a good adaptation. Um, for the ones that I've seen, it's really hard to choose one because the ones that I've seen are... <laughs> okay, the ones that I've seen are Phantom, Cats, West Side Story, Les Mis, Wicked. 
West Side Story. Yeah, West Side Story. Uh, lame is wicked. Have you watched the f- film of yes, West Side Story? Yes, I have. Story? So, but then, yeah, it's, it's not okay. bad actually. Wait, uh, my list is uh, King and I, Lion King, and um, and the High School Musical. Lol, because they actually made it into a, they actually made it into a musical musical. That's... Um, but I think that was like a yeah. local production. So I would say, I guess I think West Side is the best because it's closest i would say to the to the to the live musical version and the film honestly, from, is, is not that bad <laughs> it's not bad yeah honestly the, from all of that you've said the only west good side. thing there is west side story <laughs> so that's from the ones that i've seen live and then for the ones i haven't seen like i think i'd go back to my earlier answer which is Sound of Music. Oh, I think uh, it's still yeah. really good. Gosh, I think I'm going to watch that later. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the way it captured kasi the the warm heart of Maria talaga. Mm-hmm. Like it's because it's about this family escaping Austria, but they they show first how they spend time together. Like you can even see in a it's kind of thin in a way the story but the way the film adapted it it's not one is to one eh? but they still made it look very cinematic just from the start diba when she sings the hills oh are my alive. gosh yeah so that's one way one really good even if maybe it w- might have been obvious way to you know translate that scene or that song into film and really utilizing the possibilities of like being able to shoot those wide shots and those you know those beautiful like nature shots yeah landscapes yeah see they see what i'm talking about ladies <laughs> nudge, nudge. <laughs> now imagine if on my own was her singing in a crowd of people yeah that's one way it could have been done I and mean, there are a lot of other ways but uh, there are a lot of ways we to... don't know what's the best way <laughs> yeah we don't know we're just giving suggestions tom hooper <laughs> oh <laughs> well anyway basically what we're saying is just make sure that you've watched the musical if you're gonna adapt make sure you've like delve deep into its soul you've tore its heart out looked at it examine it put it back and then make another mm. heart is that a good analogy or Pwede, okay naman. <laughs> <laughs> too morbid too morbid oh it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but right right whatever right. gets them there you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know right it's really about if you're translate adapting uh something that's uh like a music a musical because it's different from adapting a book eh, diba? Because a book, mm-hmm. you have lots of things to work with. It's because it's just words. But in a musical, mm-hmm. not only do you have the visual element, you also have the audio element, the oral element, diba? Mm-hmm. that you have to do well as well. Mm, yes, I, I agree with that. So you have to put those two things together and translate it into film without making it look boring. Uh-huh. Diba? Cause, yeah. Because yeah. uh, that's the thing, diba? Na parang Again, I don't know why Lamez became the prime example, but look at how I just sat there watching c- actress playing Fantine sing to me for five minutes, and I'm just watching because I was really entranced by her singing. But in the movie, not because not I'm not saying Anne Hathaway did bad, 
but she's just singing alone to herself in a big screen that's just cropped just to her face. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I just I'm I guess these are like my opinions, but then you know, I'm not a I'm not a director or cinematographer or anything. This is just me as your audience. <laughs> what? What is oh, it? I mean my opinions. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no, after sorry. that. Oh, you're just agreeing not, with me. Not not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. see. <laughs> no, we don't have to say those things. People, we're we have the right yeah, to say things. I mean, things. like, who are you gonna? Who are you making it for anyway? Us. We're part of your audience. Therefore, our <laughs> opinions matter. No, but also, what I mean by not boring, because if you're someone who hasn't watched the musical, mm. it has to appeal to you as well, Deba. Right? Someone who hasn't watched the musical. Yeah. So if you don't yep. make it appealing I mean, to I those think, who haven't yeah. watched it. Do you lost all of your audience? Goodbye, Tom Hooper. You oh. can retire from musicals now. <laughs> yeah, please don't make musicals anymore. Oh, oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. Game <laughs> <laughs> You said it many times. I now. know. There's no going back now. Well, anyway, I think the good ones basically Chicago, Sound, of, Sound music, of Music, West Side, West Side, Cabaret. I think you should see. Sweeney Todd, okay. for me, uh, some people don't like the movie, but I think it translated well. Sweeney mm-hmm. Todd, Mamma Mia, the first one, don't watch the second one. Um, I think Annie is a good example as well. Of the, oh, yeah, Annie. There's two, two versions, not the, not the newest one. Not the Jamie Foxx one. The two um, earlier versions, I think, are more, yeah, they're more well into the what Annie was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rocky Horror, if... You're more into weird stuff. Mm-hmm. How about you? There's more? Are there more that you think would um, work? Even the ones that you haven't watched. I'm thinking, but I think you kind of said like the, the top ones. Most. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah th- <laughs> well, there's a reason why they're the most popular. There's a reason why they're top of mind for us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh, but... Uh, let's go. Yeah. No, I was just going to say... I just wanted to promote this one musical. <laughs> it's called Fun Home. There's no film Oh, I want to watch that. I want to watch it. My gosh. Well, Luke, when we went to the States the last time, I think... That Did you watch the- it? No, but then um, it was a decision between like Lame Is and Fun Home. It was a really hard decision. And I think I was gotcha. the only one who wanted to watch Fun Home anyway. <laughs> and my dad <laughs> wanted to watch Lame Is. And, uh, but I really, I really wish theater was more accessible here yeah they should make a netflix of just theater oh my well, gosh we'll talk about that in a, another episode you know like musicals that are really good but you see you don't see them adapted well into film that could be another topic you know mm-hmm. uh someone once said that th- there are things in theater that are hard to translate to film with it's like watching a magician on TV, it's it's not the same, right? True, the same true. Magic. That's the best analogy, talaga. Yeah. Then maybe that's the last point that we're trying to make here. Now, these are two different. Even though they look the same, they sound the same. They're still two different mediums. One is live. One is recorded. Basically. Yeah, and they both they each have their own uh, strengths features, and kinds of magic. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that note, thank you, Pat for Yay! this discussion about good film adaptations even though we mostly talked about 
something that's not considered amazing. Joke. <laughs> it's good. Uh... It's, guys, it's good. I'm not hating on Lamis. It's good talaga. But if you want to enjoy it, don't watch the musical first. <laughs> yeah. Watch the movie first. Watch the movie the first, musical. then the musical. If, yeah, if you even true. get the chance to watch the musical. <laughs> <laughs> So Pat, reach out to you, message you. Oh. Where should they go? Um, if you liked or didn't like anything that I said, you can message me at. You, uh, <laughs> no, uh, just kidding. You can find. <laughs> you can you can see Pat's art. She's an artist. My handle by the is way, so. Pat B Port. So P A T B P O R T. Because like that's my first and last name, Patricia Portugal. I yeah. like how you had to explain. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it sounds like Porta Potty. I don't know. <laughs> people might anyway so yeah you can find me there i'm like i'm not well obviously we're not experts but i don't know if i told you this before luke i i joined uh do you know trumpets is the, that uh, no is that i called? guess you could call it like a conservatory yeah 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 the yeah i joined trumpets for a couple of years if you want to see me sing and dance, oh. you won't find it on my Instagram. <laughs> what message? We'll, we'll record that somehow. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. Thanks again. You. You'll be yeah. back soon, I think. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. And so that's it for today's episode. Honestly, we could probably talk more hours about this topic. We probably be like after this recording go, oh, I should have said that. <laughs> so again, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. If you have any comments, feel free to message me. Look pagatipuna everywhere. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you again for listening and have a great day, everyone. Yeah, so now about like other than the cheese person, now I'm thinking about people who discovered wine or discovered pickles. I mean who left their grape juice out until it turned to wine? Or who left a cucumber inside vinegar until it turned into pickles? You just wonder about these things, you know?